0: Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you, like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare house key. Hmm, Maybe I can get through the window. Ah, turns out the alarm works. Wow, it, it works fast. You, you, you should probably call me back. Geico, always there for you, with savings and 24 7 access to licensed agents.
1: Welcome to This Feels Terrible. I'm your host, Aaron McGathy. This week on the podcast, I have fellow Feral podcast host, actor, comedian, Mr. Drew Drogi. But before I get to that, I have a very big announcement. I teased this last week and I apologize if I made any of you nervous because it's good news. It's exciting. It's kind of terrifying for me, but. Here goes. Uh, But first, a disclaimer. This is going to be the only time I talk this much about this or really at all at the top of any show. Okay, here goes. I have launched a This Feels Terrible Patreon page where you can subscribe for $5 a month and get an extra episode of This Feels Terrible each week called the McFeely Special. That is my announcement. <laughs> uh, I love This Feels Terrible. I love the listeners of the show. And for a long time, I wanted to do kind of spin-off episodes and different formats of This Feels Terrible that don't quite fit into this feeds format. So I created the McFeely special, which I'm really excited about. And what the McFeely special will be every week will be one of a few recurring formats. So think of them like, this feels terrible, spin-off episodes. Uh, there'll be things like, and I've recorded several of these. I'm really excited about programming these like it's my own <laughs> channel. Uh, the different formats will be things like, Deserted Island Discs, where I'll have a guest come on the show with their favorite breakup songs and songs that they associate with past relationships. And we'll talk about that and see where that goes. Lover's Movie Club, where my boyfriend, Potty, who grew up on a farm in Ireland, and I go back and forth and share different movies that the other hasn't seen. And then we talk about them and learn more about each other. Um, I've never seen E.T., which is a dumb Dumb thing about me that I am going to change very soon. There's also terrible advice where myself and a guest answer your advice questions. Irish adventures, the diary show. Also, this feels terrible live episodes. And uh, this winter, I'm going to be producing a brand new Dates with Dustin type series. So that is all coming up on the McFeely special, which is on the Patreon. This show, This Feels Terrible here on Feral Audio, will continue on as usual and will continue to be an interview-based podcast about love and relationships. So if you're unable to, to subscribe to the Patreon, that is totally fine. It's not going to be a thing where I'm going to, you know, it's, it's, I I would love for you to subscribe to the Patreon, but this feels terrible. We'll keep on keeping on. So in conclusion, if you're wanting more, this feels terrible type content, or if you just want to support me and the show, because your support would make a very big difference to me, practically and emotionally, it's $5 a month, head over to Patreon and subscribe today. You can find the page by searching Aaron McGathy or This Feels Terrible. And as an added incentive, if you subscribe before July 16th, you will get a link to a secret live feed of This Feels Terrible live in Dublin, which is happening in Dublin on July 17th. So if you're interested in the extra episodes, why not? go ahead and pause the podcast or if you're listening while you're on the computer head over right now go for it it's gonna be exciting I'm really I'm really excited about sharing more weird things with you guys and uh, yeah I'm super excited about it so the first McFeely special will be out on the 4th of July again if you can't afford the five dollars a month that's totally totally okay I love all of you and the show will continue to happen okay now for this episode, Drew Drogi is one of my favorite human beings on the face of the planet. He is hilarious and talented and just so kind and wonderful. I like him so so much. And you can hear how excited I am to talk to him during the episode because I kind of talk all over the place, all over. It almost sounds like I'm interrupting myself, but I also interrupt him quite a bit just because I'm, I'm, I just want to tell him everything and talk about everything. And I have the energy of a small dog. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, Drew and I also share a deep love of the theater and improv and um, just performing in general. So we talked quite a bit about those things. So I did... I did a little tricky editing thing, which I don't usually do, but... I put the second half of the podcast first. So when you listen to it what you're listening to is actually the second half of our conversation because it took us quite a while to get to the relationships which is totally my fault and also fine and I'm not going to punish myself for the love of theater but I just thought that I would put the love stuff first and then you're literally going to hear an African udo drum and then it's going to go to the beginning. So that's that's what's happening there. It doesn't actually change the I don't know the narrative of the podcast or anything. Uh, But yeah, I did that. So here we go. Please enjoy this conversation with actor, comedian, host of Minor Revelations on Feral Audio, Mr. Drew Drogi. So uh, what were you like uh, transitioning into? I really just want to talk about plays.
0: Oh my God, I (laughs) don't.
1: But what I've... I listen to your podcast so I've heard you talk about love and relationships uh-huh. now. I'm curious when you were growing up what was your what was your like first experience with f- feelings and
0: Oh, that's you know. such a good question. I don't really remember. I feel like I was so disconnected. Yeah. For so long, from that stuff, because you know I mean it's like you could easily argue, and I'm sure a lot of it is just like growing up gay in the south, and it has a lot to do with that, and that just that's that sort of same narrative that a lot of people talk about and
1: you used to pretend to be possessed by a demon sometimes for people to leave you alone, yes. which is one of my favorite things yeah. about you.
0: <laughs> i did i would I learned early on i mean I was a very quiet kid, and i was and um, I, and I had a very loud family. Mm. And uh, a mom and dad who loved each other very much. And I I saw that as like a a great model. But it was sort of like we were never encouraged. I think a lot of of like, you know, growing a lot of it is like being in the south and being um, Protestant, like Presbyterian. Mm. You just weren't really taught to show uh, emotions or feelings in that way. Like you were, you know,
1: what was the nickname for the for the. Presbyterian church. The
0: chosen frozen. Yes. <laughs> and that's what my dad used to always say as a joke but it was like and I used to kind of like laugh and not really get it but I'm like it does make a lot of sense. It's like mm. you know you were sort of feelings and anything I mean regardless of sexual but just like even like just emotions were kind of seen as as um, rude.
1: Right. You yeah. know and it was like yeah. don't
0: show off that side of yourself you know and it was always like be above your feelings and um, sort of like you know also like Why, you know, it's like, you know, and I try to give my parents a break as much as I can because I can't imagine and I'm not a parent. And the older I get, the more like sympathy I give them. I'm like, oh, God, you were just doing the best you could. But we were like never asked, like, how do you feel about that? And what do Mm -hmm. you think about that? Um, And I do see my brother with his kids doing that a lot because I think it's very important because it was just like, you know, it was something that my brother was very rebellious and it always bothered him that his feelings were never considered. Right. I sort of um, was okay with it a lot more. I would sort of be like, "Whatever, you guys are crazy." I'll be in my room. So I was always up in my room, living fantasy lives. Like I was always, I imagined (laughs) that I was um, uh, like a a, like a movie star or like a TV star in my room, (laughs) uh, in my world. Like I was like on TV, and all of this. This was like, and it was weird because like it was before the real world. Mm. But I sort of imagined that I was on some sort of reality show in high school right. and like everything was like a TV show. Yeah. And it was a and it was a safety thing. I can look back now and go, that was that was protecting myself because mm. like everything that was happening to me was just happening to some character I was playing. It wasn't really me.
1: Did you ever do like takes to camera? <laughs> 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 That's not, I'm not joking. We're curious.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I was aware enough that I was like, that what i was doing i would i would be really embarrassed if i got found out that i was Mm. doing that Oh, okay you know and so like i i was not really like it was not any something i wanted to share with anybody but it was definitely like in my own in my own world um you know i I wanted to have that and I, i i just last oh god the last time i don't know when it when it was but i just walked in on my nephew who's probably eight nine he's nine um uh, having like an imaginary world in his in his in his room, and I walked yeah. past his room, and he immediately got weird. And I was like, I'm like running away from him. I'm like, you do you. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love that he's doing that. You know, yeah. I love yeah. kids have a fantasy life, and they they are somebody else in their own world. And of course, you don't want anybody else to see it. And it's. And it's very intimate, but it, even if what you say and do is n- nothing weird and bad at all, it's just how you work out a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I was really happy to see that, but I also just was like, oh, I, I'm going to get away now because I know you don't want me here. <laughs> and uh, because I had that, I was I was kind of always, um, you know... Uh, it was like, I guess it was during 90210 and I sort of was like thinking of like, I, you know, our school in small town, North Carolina was like this <laughs> offshoot of 90210 and I, and, and so I was just, I was just playing a role like when I was in school. So I was just very separated from my emotions and like how I felt about people and you know, like, I, I think back to, like, crushes, like, I, I mean, I, I probably, like, my first crush was on Ralph Macchio when I was, I don't mm-hmm. know, eight or so, it's so nine, I don't know how old I was, probably nine, because it was, like, around it's when like Karate a, Kid came out. was a solid, out. solid first crush. And I, but I, and I didn't know it was a crush as much as I was just, like, I want to be best friends with him. Mm-hmm. I want to, like, you know, I was, I, I read, like, Teen Bop or Beat or Teen Beat or whatever those magazines are, Tiger Beat. And like he was in there, and I was like, and I love the Karate Kid, and I just in my mind, I was like, oh, I just want to be best friends with him.
1: In your in your like North Carolina uh, like community and and bubble, did you know that gay people existed?
0: Oh yeah, I mean I did, and and my. My parents were in the furniture and interior design business. Say no more. So, yeah. So, the, the gay <laughs> I, people were around.
1: <laughs> I actually oh. said that, and I was like, oh, I, I didn't... I, now it does seem like I mean say no more, because, oh, obviously. But I was I was like, that doesn't seem obvious at all. But, f- yeah, interior, interior design.
0: <laughs> no, oh, oh, completely. No, okay. I mean, it's like, and I knew early... I mean, I've always known that, you know, and uh, we've always known gay people. And, you know, and it was always... It was always it was weird in in my house because I feel like my family always knew. So they were sensitive to it. So I was never told I was never taught like being gay is wrong or I mean, I was definitely okay. taught like we're all living in sin. And mm-hmm. like, so it's a sin like everything else, but also like lust is a sin and lying is a sin. And so it's like all this stuff like semantics. I'm sure I could go back now and go like, um, actually, let's, you know, just, um, you know, My point of view and my, you know, personality is not a sin and it's Mm. shaped by being gay. But I they they kind of but it was more about like sex in general, like we don't really talk about it. We don't want to know, you know. So I feel like my brother got the same sort of experience I did in a lot of ways about it. I think Mm. mine was just pushed further in myself because I was like. I was in denial, you know, for so long. It wasn't like I was like banging to get out of the closet. I was just sort of like I learned how to and I've talked about this on my show too. There's this great book called The Velvet The Velvet Rage, mm. which is an amazing book about just about the gay experience and 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 you know, you, you kind of you go a lot several ways, but you can be like the I am I am loud, I am gay. I am I'm gonna sleep with everybody I can. I'm gonna wear pride flags. I'm gonna fl- I'm gonna let everybody know that I am and I, and, g- and get in their face about it. or you can shut down completely and not mm-hmm. deal with any of that and be like I'm gonna make really good grades. I'm gonna be an overachiever. I'm gonna you know, show everybody that I'm a good person. And I was definitely the latter. I mean I was definitely like valedictorian at my high school and president of all the clubs and I was so about like winning and achieving other things that I never mm-hmm. really considered. Somebody else, or or like how I felt about somebody else, um, other than like in a sort of fantasy way, and I think that is still to this day like kind of like a, a a wall that I have, and in terms of like liking someone or being into somebody, it's like I kind of sometimes, you know, I always say I don't know if how they how they like me, but sometimes mm-hmm. I don't know how I like them, and it's like right. and, and so I've had very complicated. Friendship sometimes because I've been like, oh, I think, do I like this person or am I just putting a lot of wants and desires on to him because it's easy? Is or, that because
1: you have such a rich fantasy life still or like it might be? Life, it might
0: be. And it's like I, there are times that I can be like I can see myself. um you know I mean definitely the fantasy thing it's like there was a weird thing that happened when I started doing what I wanted to do with my life that I saw this fantasy sort of kind of beautifully start to meld into my own life and sort of go away like I don't have Mm -hmm. that anymore and it was and and it felt good because I was always this kid who dreamed of being an My biggest fantasy was being an adult and mm. doing what I wanted to. Like it was more than anything. It wasn't like I wanted to ride on dragons and fight, you know. I was right, like right. I want to be a, a responsible <laughs> adult and figure So when that sort of happened, I was like, "Oh, thank God, my fantasy is here." <laughs> so, you know, but I do think I um I've I very much figured out how to be single for, you know, uh, you know, pretty much my whole life and know how to Be this sort of one man show and how to handle everything on my own. Hmm. So I don't put any energy into looking for someone else, even though I go through periods of really wanting that. And I'm like, oh, I really want to be with somebody else. What
1: inspires that when you really want partnership?
0: A lot of it is, I mean, to be totally honest, it's when, and this is like me at my most selfish, it's when I have the least amount going on in my life. And I mm. and I go, oh, man, I want that. <laughs> but it's sort of like me being, sometimes I'm like, no, you're just bored. Like, you just right. need to get yeah. busy again. And then you're, because I go through periods where I don't want it at all. And I, I'm actually so grateful. I'm like, mm. thank God I'm single because... I can kind of go out and do what I want. I can be out until two and three in the morning, or I can, I can be working crazy long day hours and I can just go and do something else. And And
1: you have a ton of really close friends. I do.
0: I do. And that's the thing. I'm so lucky with the friends that I have. And I, but I've also made a lot of friends sort of be placeholders, you know, from, I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of my friends have to deal with a lot of my shit because like, (laughs) I'm just like, I need to talk to blah, 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 which is great. And I'm so glad I have them in my life. Um, But I also, you know, there are times where like milestone and milestones happen and, you know, I just turned 40 and I'm like, man, I would love to share that with somebody or when, you know, I mean, it's and it's but it's I'm I'm aware that it's selfish, like when I want things you know I mean there there are people in my life that I'm like oh man I think I maybe I like him maybe that there's a thing going on here
1: yeah but, um, that, but that one is 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 like by definition selfish always like because you're trying to make yourself feel better no one's in a relationship because they think the energy is going to heal the earth
0: or anything, yeah you know? you're right you're right you're right it's so true but it's like I I think um, you know I have a fear I mean I know I have a fear and it's not just because like oh how you know uh, like are they gonna like me? are they gonna reject me is it gonna are they gonna hurt me as mm. much as like am I gonna do all that to them right am i gonna be able to reciprocate? am i gonna be able mm. to find energy to put towards a relationship or towards a another person because I want to like I mm. desperately want to and I think about like. Um, when I have enough work going on, I'm like so happy with it and I'm like, oh, the very next thing is like, oh, I'd love to share this with somebody, you know, and I, and I get to share it with friends. I mean, there's always somebody near me Mm -hmm. that I can talk to. And so I do crave alone time as well when I can just be like, oh, I'm just going to go to a movie today or I'm just going to not deal with the world today, which is, you know. So I think I would definitely want that still in a relationship, like an ability to be like, can we have separate rooms at times? You know <laughs> what I mean? And not be like, I, I'll never be like, you know, super codependent. Half of a whole. I am yeah. not, I'm just, yeah. I want to be yeah. two holes that like really mm-hmm. genuinely dig each other and respect each other that are not digging into each other's identities. You totally.
1: Know? What was the uh, longest relationship that you're in?
0: Been... Uh, I've never really been in uh, a long relationship. I mean, I would say several months, you know, Mm. I mean, like three or four months and that's the most. And it's like, and it's, you know, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that like, I, I go long stretches, like thinking like, Oh, like am I going to be in a relationship? Because it's like I've gone so long without it and I've functioned mm-hmm. so much without it. And part of me is like cool with that. Like part of me is like maybe not and maybe that's okay. Like I think
1: the ability to be alone and to make yourself happy is the single most greatest, <laughs> single most greatest yeah. uh, tool uh-huh. in being in a successful relationship.
0: That's what I hear. For and sure. I, uh-huh, and I, uh-huh. sorry, I think it's like, Definitely what I want. And like, I I fear losing that in a relationship. The want for it or or, or the space, the space to have alone time and to have quiet and peace and just the ability of just to say, and I've seen it in really great relationships. Some people go, you know what? You're driving me crazy. I'm just going to go. I need to be alone. And which, yeah, is so crucial.
1: I was going to ask if you were friends with a lot of couples that you liked their dynamic or if your friends are mostly single people Uh, It's both. I mean,
0: I would say like most of my really close male friends are all single. We're all single together and I think we all kind of like take (laughs) care of each other in a really weird I'm sure completely codependent way because it's (laughs) like there are times that... We're also, it's like as gay men, we're like super flirty with each other and people see us out and they're like, whoa, what's going on with so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah. I know it's not, but it is. Uh, from it's the, the outside, thing, it
1: just seems like the most fun It's ever. so fun
0: to just sort of, you know, and then you're like, <laughs> oh God. And, you know, um but yeah, there are definitely some couples that, you know, I, uh, like I went out last night with, with a couple and one of whom I, was one of my best friends from college and it's him and his fiance and. We went out to dinner, and it was just like so lovely to, mm. to see their dynamic, and they were very—they were just very comfortable with each other, and it's mm-hmm. like very much, you know, there was a sense of, there was one little thing that popped up, and it was funny because it was just like, how dare you not know that detail? Well, well, I don't know, and it was just like a fun little spat between the two of them, which was just about <laughs> like, why would you think other, you know? And it's cool, cool to see that happen, but it was very, it felt very comfortable, like it was mm-hmm. very much like, oh, they're. They're a team, you know, and they really know each other. And when there's like tiny little detail that they don't know, the other one's like, what are you talking? You know, but I also like that they're still figuring things out about each other, which I think Mm -hmm. is like also crucial. It's like you certainly don't want to be like, well, every question's been answered and every stone's been unturned. And yeah, here's to eternity, (laughs) you know, Um, because I'm not afraid of of growing old with someone, I'm not afraid of being with the same person forever. It, mm. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's like, oh, I'm a serial you know, monogamist. It's like, uh, you know, is that what that is? What's a serial? It,
1: that's me. That's somebody who's always in a relationship. Oh, okay. Right, right. Who's afraid s- of being alone, okay, maybe, okay, okay. <laughs> and is maybe a little self-conscious about
0: that. <laughs> uh, uh, what is this? Someone who's like a... Uh, like a uh,
1: Serial monologist. Oh, there you go.
0: <laughs> That's the show we want to make on TV. <laughs> no, it's like somebody who just like like doesn't want to be tied down and just is like bachelor? I'm gonna just a bachelor. Like, I guess yeah. I, you know a bachelor.
1: Yeah, and I'm Elsa. trying
0: not to say slut because <laughs> um, I admire that energy and those people. I'm so so not that, but um, mm. you know, yeah. Because I mean, I find that like, um, you know, I try to you know have fun every now and then and it but it's also hard like one night stand things are hard for me to do and I don't really enjoy yeah. them too much yeah. and uh, you know I mean it's they're fun when you're single and you can be like whatever it doesn't really
1: mm.
0: matter but I kind of you get to a point where you're like I want it to matter and I want you yeah, know of course. and um, yeah. yeah so I mean it's a, you know it is it is a great blessing and curse and being gay is that you kind of get a lot of what you need mm. Um, from friendships and casual, you know, encounters, and you can be like, "Oh, we kind of fooled around a little bit, and that was great." And then, so you kind of trick yourself into thinking you maybe don't need a relationship because you're just like, "I have all these other people that,
1: right, that yeah.
0: you know, that ring all these, you know." Bells Do you think everyone
1: and, needs a relationship?
0: No, I don't, and I think i mean in gen a, in a general sense yes, I think everyone needs a relationship to to people in, of course, in terms yeah, of, i don 't yeah, believe anybody yeah. but needs like an in island. a
1: traditional sense we don't but need, not in a traditional
0: yeah. sense no i don 't think that and you know i don 't think i certainly don 't think what 's right for one person 's right for everyone, and I think that I think we have made ourselves very miserable in in looking over our shoulders and seeing what other people have and thinking that's mm-hmm. what I want, and that's what i that's what i need and mm-hmm. you know i was I did a whole my whole solo show was all about yeah, I was
1: gonna, about yeah, marriage and colors, about bold patterns
0: and it's about a guy having a crisis on the night before his friend's wedding, and it's mm-hmm. like in the gay culture like we've been told for years that we can't get married. So we are like, we don't play by the rules, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and there is something, I mean, I've seen gay couples and it's like one man might be in his sixties and the other man's in his twenties. Whereas if that was like a man and a woman, it would be like, what's going on there? You know? Right. But gay couples are like this. Actually, works in a way, mm-hmm. and in a, in a way that I would love for us to look at straight couples that have that big age gap and wonder the same thing, and like give yeah, them the yeah. same respect,
1: or like openness in relationships. Yes, and because you're like don't don't things, don't, yeah.
0: don't just assume that old man has a lot of money and the or the you know is using they're using each other. Maybe there is a real connection there. Maybe there really is love there. And mm-hmm. and I think in you know when you know when you're told you don't fit in. To society, you have to make your own rules and you do seek out love in different ways and in, mm-hmm. and in different forms. And you don't have hangups about it because you're like, well, I'm not going to marry a woman and have two kids and live in suburbia. So I'm going to figure out what I'm really into. Yeah. But now that gay marriage is legal, what we, uh, you know, my question that I ask in this in my play is just like, what are we, what pressure are we putting on ourselves now to fit in and to and to, you know, keep up with the Joneses and to now that mm-hmm. we we should all want to be married and the problems that come with that that we all of a sudden. It's like you're behind in society because you're not married or want to be married. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that said, I totally see myself getting married at some point and I would love that. But I but I don't want that because other people have it. Like, I don't look at somebody else's reality and say, oh, my God, I wish because mm-hmm. I just feel like I've, I've, I've done that enough in my life about other things. I mean, I've done that in my career about things, and it's given me no happiness or, or peace. And when I've gotten right. things that I thought, well, I'll be happy when I get X, Y, and Z, you're not really. I mean, you you just move that energy onto something else mm-hmm. that you want and that you are upset that you don't have. And so it's like it's got to be the same way with relationships. And, you know, I want what's right for me. I mean, what I don't want is to turn down um. Opportunities, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, be on my deathbed and look back and go, mm-hmm. "Oh, I could have had this amazing life with somebody that I that I ruined because of blah blah blah." I mean, that's my okay. biggest fear. But, but I certainly don't think like I don't think everybody has to be in a um, a coupling. Yeah, you know,
1: no, not at all. I, I like all of your all of your decisions. Like, all, because because you haven't been in a long term relationship. It's it's neat. Just speaking from my perspective as, as somebody who has gone from lily pad to lily pad, uh-huh. with like with with periods of just 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 really really energetic sluttiness in between. <laughs> um, I like I I worry sometimes that a lot of my decisions were based on past relationships. I know a lot of like my uh-huh. career decisions or lack thereof are because I. Uh, Because my relationships and me putting that first and all these things, so like I do, I do really like. uh, Yeah, I, I, I love, I love that. Like who you are and what your career is and where Um, you are is exactly all you.
0: It's it's, thank you. I mean, that's. I think it's grass is always greener. You know, like you look at something and you look over and you go, oh, they have. Because I mean, I go through. I'm like, oh, why am I? You know, it's exhausting sometimes to do a lot. I mean, I mean, it's like, I, I mean, I, you know, living in LA, I didn't really fit into any sort of category, and so I did have to like carve out my own yeah. path and make my own stuff and make videos and do all these shows and 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 get up in front of audiences that that didn't always love me and I wasn't like the crowd favorite. I wasn't the one that everyone goes, you know. (laughs) And uh, so I've always been that sort of. That's surprising to imagine a time when you weren't the crowd favorite. Oh, my God. I mean, I (laughs) (laughs) think, no, I just was always the I was just always, you know, or at least I always felt uh, weird. And I mean, I always say that, you know, it's always interesting to me when actors we we'll talk about movies or TV shows and they go, Oh, I could have played that part. I could have done that thing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I so rarely <laughs> say that because I rarely see myself in things. I go to the right, movies right. and I'm rare, and there's never, I mean, I'm like, Oh, I should have done that role. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could have done that. And so I get it how it's been harder for me career wise to just sort of cut through and do stuff. And I've had to do that. And I've had to put all that energy. And I'm still like figuring it out now. Yeah. And after being out here almost 20 years, and if I was in relationships, that would have cut into all that energy. I would have been sort of living, you know. Mm. So I don't know, like what's what, what's better. And I and I because I think for the longest time I was like, once I get my career going, then I'll start dating. But then it's like, no, then it adds all these other complications. And then you do, you know, you, you carve a a single life around yourself and then you work in this weird business. And then, you know, and and if people do know who you are, then it's complicated when you start dating and they're like, why do you like me? And what is this about? And are you dating me just to say (laughs) you're going out with me? Yeah. And. Then, you know, I've added this whole element of like, I've done all these like weird drag characters, and it's like, are you cool with the fact that I'm not a drag queen, but I, mm. but I do these like really grotesque, bizarre character things that it, it, it's just this other side of naked that you're showing would the that, world. I would that
1: come up with the, that, that would not be, said, it wouldn't occur to me. I guess like everybody's, well, and you know,
0: and, you know, like, and, you know a lot in, in the gay world, it's just about there's so much internalized homophobia and all this sad, right, right, all this right. gross shit that that's wrapped up in it, and it's so misogynist as well. And it's like right. I like guys, I don't want my guys to act like girls, yeah, and it's so yeah. gross. It's the same thing. It's like I get so upset with gay men that are just like, ew, you know, vagina, gross. I'm like, that's disgusting. <laughs> you're you're disgusting for thinking for being that way. And how dare you? Like, how dare you act like that's not? So it's wrapped up in dating and in and a. In a, mm-hmm. in a, a a lot of guys want really you know they want their like mask it's like the whole thing like mask for mask you know that like masculine oh, thing. And it's yeah, like, yeah, they're and like dating the dating sites they want to be like i act like a guy and i want a guy that acts like a guy
1: yeah and it's so yeah.
0: gross and sad and it's like you know so you it's not that i'd ever want to be with anybody like that anyway because it's sure, just yeah. there's so much you know horrible baggage that's happening But it is like in people that's sort of internalized, whether they realize it or not, in terms Mm -hmm. of what they're actually attracted to, and it sort of adds another element of just like, oh, uh," and then you know it's it's hard because um, you know like it's just like you know I've talked about this a lot with like other performers and comedians. You're like I actually don't care if my partner they have to have a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. There there has to be a sense of humor there, of course. But I don't care if he's funny or not, and he doesn't have to make me laugh all the time, and Mm. uh, it doesn't have to be you know a competition for that. I I I care about so much more. The last thing I care about when I'm hanging out with people I really love is making each other laugh, and we do, but like it's it's organic, and it's not about that. And I think it puts a lot of pressure on the other guy because they're like, "Whoa, I'm dating a a a, a comedian, I'm dating (laughs) an actor, so I have to be on all the time." I'm like, "No, please don't, please be real." Please dare to be boring. That's really what I want. <laughs> dare to be boring. I love that. Be be who you are. Be where you are. Like I don't care. But yeah. I think it's it's. I mean, I've been told, and I I did I did date a guy for a while, and we would go out and all these like comedy things, and he, we would get in the car, and I would think we had a great time, and he'd be screaming like I couldn't get a word in, and everybody was everybody's so much funnier than everybody else, and oh. they were competitive, and I was like, whoa, this is hard for you.
1: Yeah, well, you that, know, and that guy sounds very insecure. He was insecure. He's. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's why it didn't really work out for long. But um,
1: <laughs> I, I was thinking, I was thinking about this exact thing in the shower this morning. Uh, I was thinking about why. I um my my boyfriend, my long term wonderful boyfriend who I'm so so happy with, um, who's also in the booth.
0: (laughs) um, (laughs) Right here next to us. (laughs) Is
1: is very, very funny and makes me laugh a lot. But he's a director and he doesn't like perform comedy. Right. And I and this this may be my own in past relationships when I've been with performers or comedians I find myself like when when I'm performing or when they're performing I'm in way too much of a like job mode where I'm thinking about what they're doing like I find myself criticizing them or or, like analyzing like the actual work
0: right (laughs) and and which is and it's too much work and when you do that for a living that's the last thing you want to do when you go home it's like you know and the last thing you want to do when you're going out and no, I get yeah. that though. I mean, I get that I mean, I totally get that on a friend level when I've like I've I've gotten mad at friends for not like <laughs> living up to my expectation, for, you know, and yeah. I'm, I'm like I I've had yeah. such like I've had to really like let things go about because I I used to think like don't you all have the same goals that I do? I'm like, no, they don't <laughs> actually. They really yeah. don't. Yeah. You know, um I mean, I remember my after my um freshman year my freshman year in college for whatever reason our class the freshman class was really close with the seniors mm. that year and the That's se- sweet <laughs> yeah it was in the theater department it was a really small department and mm. it was like certain classes had personalities you know and it when you know when the seniors are usually around 10 or so majors You know, then the freshmen, it's usually probably around like 40 or 50 people that are doing it and it sort of filters down. Ah. And so, uh, but we were really close with the seniors and I remember like immediately after they graduated, how disappointed I was in the seniors (laughs) for not doing more. I was like, why aren't they doing more? (laughs) And uh, here I am, uh, some little sophomore shit in school, like, you know, rehearsing for, you know, West Side Story or whatever I'm thinking, important thing I think I'm doing. And... They... You know, it's like I wasn't giving them space to be who they are. I mean, in my mind, I thought they all were going to go off and be huge you know, stars, huge stars. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought the world of them. You know, mm-hmm. and I was so disappointed that they were like, one person was just like getting married and getting a small job somewhere, and I was like, well, that, well, why give? Up? You know, what a waste. I know. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't go to a theater school. I went to a school that didn't at all encourage that. So why would? It's like, <laughs> right, right, right. What was I thinking they were going to do? And, and it was my delusion. It was wasn't them it was me thinking you know and so I've had the same and I've had to give people because you know, I mean, and going through the groundlings, you see so many talented people go through there, and you come up with people, and most people get cut from the groundlings, and most people mm-hmm. get told goodbye. And when people would get cut from the groundlings, and they would do something else with their lives, I'm like, why are they giving up? And yeah. you know, and we get so mad at them. And I'm like, maybe they just wanted to do something else. Maybe yeah. this just, or maybe, maybe they had
1: no more money left. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. They were broke. But maybe they just were like, this hurts, and I don't like how this feels, and I don't want to do this yeah. all the time. And yeah, yeah. and I kept getting hurt, and and. And, and getting up again and doing it. And, and that was my own, you know, codependent with myself. Yeah, and worried and, that maybe
1: you would do the same, like fall into the same thing. Like, yeah, I, was, you I get... was
0: so afraid of quitting. I was so afraid right, yeah. of of not doing this with my life that, you know, I never gave myself a real backup plan, you know. And yeah, it's like I never yeah. said I could do anything else. I was like, oh, I can't do anything else. Mm. Because I was always told by my family and, and even my a lot of my teachers because I was never the like the one that they picked out of the crowd to like make it whatever that weird expression means I was never the one that they were like you Um, and so I was but, but it gave me my own backbone because I was like, yeah. I'm gonna be that for myself.
1: I'm just thinking about what a terrible practice that is. It's a ter- like Terrible practice. Putting any sort of traits on children in that no, way. No, because because really you insane.
0: ruin everybody. You ruin yeah. everybody when you do that. Because yeah. you tell the people that you're you tell these kids you're a star mm-hmm. and they go out I mean, the people I went to college with and there's so many talented people and the stars of my of my program you know within a few months were like I can't do this but because it, and, and and to their own credit they were like just I don't have the makeup it wasn't that they yeah. didn't have the talent they had plenty of talent yeah they didn't have the they, they just didn't have the metal to do it like yeah. and, and that makes total sense and I'm so happy totally but well, then they felt like A failure admitting that to something Mm. that didn't even exist—like none of it, none of it means anything. It it sucks to tell kids at a formative age. And one thing that when I was teaching at the Groundlings, and I refused to tell anybody. Because they would always ask, do I have what it takes to make it? Am I, you know, because they and I get the the desire. I wanted a teacher to say that to me so badly. But I had so many tell me I didn't have what it takes or like I I was just going to have a really rough time or most people. It would probably be hard for me. I should probably just be a stage manager or things that I was told. And I was like, was the person who told you that super successful? Um. Yes and no. Oh, they were. Oh, okay. He had. He was very successful at having his own theater company that's very well respected. Right. Uh, they have a huge institute. Uh, they they are this theater, this amazingly respected Shakespeare company. Mm. Um. And uh, the name might sound very similar to what I just said, <laughs> uh, and uh, but not successful as, you know, as an actor or director professionally outside of that. Right. So he has, a, so he he had has some a,
1: bitterness.
0: There was, the, yes. And there was also a sense of, like... You know the problem with all conservatory training is that they they there's an ideal and there's a perfect and if you don't fit in, look from to left what that to right, only one is, of you will be here and, exactly yeah, yeah. and and you know you and I are examples of people like when you come up in the world and we're like, the sketch comedy like the you know the improv people that we don't really fit mm-hmm. in a model and we're also like we're these little old people it's like you know at, like <laughs> yeah, you know as yeah, teenagers yeah. we were like already playing the fathers and the grandmothers and the, grandmothers yes, and we the are thing. these
1: little old people yes like and so
0: it's like so you, no one tells the, that person you're going to you're going to make it right because it's such a long road ahead and it you just don't you're, you're not the like the classic thing to come out of theater school and immediately
1: Yeah. You know, I mean I remember like if you're not playing the ingenue and you're going to like really come into your own and you're 20s, 30s, 40s. Like, Of course you're not going to see. Teachers aren't going to see that in you. And
0: even when teachers do see it in you, they're saving you a lot of heartache and they don't think that you're going to be the one in a million that's going to keep trying and banging your head for all your 20s and most of your 30s till anything starts to happen for you. Because that's so much energy and effort and why would anybody in their right mind? And that's why as a teacher, I refuse to tell people one way or another, because truly I didn't know. Right. I did not know. I mean, I would teach. I taught for 10 years and there are people now that I've, that I've taught that are doing so well, that are huge, you know, successes in different ways. And I'm like, I always saw talent in them and I mm. always saw, and I was like, I'm so proud of them. And I'm like, yep, I see it. Yeah. But I can't say that I saw in them above somebody else that's doing something else with, with his or her life right. that maybe could have done it. Had they made other choices, other decisions, but I, there's no rhyme or reason to it. And that's the, that's the terrifying thing. And I think it's so damaging for any teacher to say that there is a rhyme or reason totally. and to say that, that this person's going to make it. And this person is not Cause
1: also the idea of making it, especially now when there's it, so, so much entertainment and so many different right. ways to do things. And like, I wouldn't 10 years ago, five years ago, if you would have like the idea of move, like I moved to a different Country, <laughs> and yeah. I'm still doing showbiz and entertainment. I still feel connected. I'm just doing it the way I want to do it. But five yeah. years ago, I would have been like, "Oh, giving up." <laughs> yeah, but I'm oh, not. Sure. I'm just going where Absolutely. I want to and be. And there's you're... so many different ways to do work. Like Absolutely. it's not. It's not like you're Brad Pitt or
0: not, no, no one. Right. And yeah. that's how. That's the. That's the thing you're sold as a kid, and you're told like, "Well, you're not going to be Brad Pitt. So just so go give up. Go, you yeah. know, go Get sell shoes. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it's like maybe it's there's there's a life in maybe it's your life that you need to be having and not trying to be... I mean, I remember when I was in college and we, we would take like theater trips uh, to go to New York and see shows. And I remember mm-hmm. I was in college and we went and saw Bus Stop starring a... It was Mary Louise Parker and Ron Perlman and... Wow. <laughs> In the uh, leading role, someone who has just gotten out of, I want to say just gotten out of Juilliard or NYU, um, Billy Crudup. Oh. And it was his very first oh, thing. So handsome. And, well, that's the thing. Yeah. So handsome. So talented. You get it. He walks on stage and mm-hmm. you're like, that is a star. Yeah. You feel everything from him. And, you know, it's so funny to think now, because it's like, in my mind, he was like an adult, but he was, what, only like four or five. Maybe he was a little bit older because he had done grad school and whatever. But, right. Uh, just a handful of years older than me. Yeah. But when I graduated, I am this fumbling weird mess that doesn't fit in anything. I would never be that. Mm. You know, and so the Billy Crudups of your school are going to get noticed right away because it's right. like it's easy to pick that person out of the yeah. out of the batch. You're yeah. I mean, like, yeah. "Who is this hot ball of dynamite that just walked in?" <laughs> of course. Yeah. But I went to school with a lot of Billy Crudups that were that were gorgeous and equally talented and could have done it, but they just made other decisions in their lives, but they were mm-hmm. told in our department that that w- was their future, so they had to get over all that weirdness and almost feel like they had to apologize for their lives yeah, yeah. for not doing that, and they're so happy now not there's doing also, that.
1: There's so much of a lifestyle that goes along with working in comedy or entertainment or acting like, that you have to actually like.
0: You know, yes. It's not
1: just the work, well, that it's was also the, the hanging out and the weird schedules and the like rejection and all yes. of these things and, a friend and hanging of mine, around you know,
0: creatives and stuff one of my to this day one of my best friends was doing so well i mean he was like the star of our theater department he did he was doing really well and and got like a guest spot on a soap opera and got like uh was immediately cast up in, in an equity show got his equity card and uh, was doing like really well yeah and then called me a few months later and was like, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. I hate the downtime. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm doing nothing. And to the rest of us, I was like, oh, my God, you're <laughs> killing it.
1: You're doing the thing that we all but want to
0: do. To the, to, but now he's such a happy, centered mm-hmm. human being. And it would have made him miserable because the downtime, he just the unknown. He's yeah. very much somebody that likes to know like what's coming next. And it, he just was like... Talent is such a small part of it, you know mm-hmm. he definitely had the talent has the talent to do that, but it's like it's not worth it if you're gonna right, be yeah. miserable, you know, yeah, and it's like my brother and sister in law are, are very talented performers and actors, and uh, um they were just like, we want a family, we want mm. A house we want a normal life and we'll do this we want to do this on the side but we don't want to do this with our lives yeah. and that's so like valid so and I valid. respect yeah. that so yeah. much yeah it's like uh, nobody's right, right you know and it's like but I thought that was very brave of them because they lived out here for like three years and they were just like you know what this mm-hmm. was great I'm glad we did this let's let's move on let's do something let's do something that we want to do let's let's right. be yeah. a team in this way and so yeah you and have letting to, your
1: ego left that stuff go is such a big.
0: Thing. There are so many people that I would love to just look at them and say, "You should stop doing this." Yeah, you
1: don't have to. You and seem it's so not because unhappy. not because
0: you're not talented. It's because mm. you seem unhappy, and you seem like you hate this. You seem like you you hate every aspect of this. Yeah. And I've tried to be honest with myself about certain things. And there there's certain things for me mm. as a performer that I have to say no to because I'm like Drew. This makes you miserable when you do this. You have mm. to say no. And I and I've tried to like follow my bliss a lot more and that's hard to do and it's mm-hmm. hard to say because I you know I still have that thing where like somebody wants me They, you want me yeah, I, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I'll do it you know but I'm like <laughs> no I'm not happy you know Um, you know doing certain things that I just don't do anymore so it's like I just have to yeah. You have to be really honest with yourself and it's hard to do because you think you get wrapped up in a pattern You said, this is me. This is my life. This is what I do. And it's like, "This defi- yeah, you don't is have to do anything that makes you really miserable. You know, you don't yeah. have to, you have, yeah. you know, I mean, every now and then, sure. That's called life, but consistently over and over again,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, love yourself, mm-hmm. you know, do what you need to do. And yeah. And yeah. there's, there are no awards for the best looking life. Exactly and there are no awards for most suffering life really? <laughs> you know yeah. like nobody gives you you know nothing, anything for being like oh well, you know what you really because you see people all the time they get in com- they get competitive about who's busier and who's more stressed and who's got more going on
1: and they <laughs> what seem to be a fun convo oh it's so fun may have fun. been one of the reasons I moved to Ireland who knows
0: <laughs> and it, I, mean, I applaud that because you see I mean it's like a thing out here when people are just like you know and they're, like, hey Aaron, how have you been and then they immediately want all, all they want is you to ask them and then they go
1: well I've been working on one? Indie's commercial uh,
0: doing my web series about peanuts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really great. It's uh, very stressful. <laughs> we just have an Indiegogo campaign. Please donate. Please share it if you can. <laughs> Also, if you can share with you you know, and it's like I get it. Everybody's out here trying to do their thing, but
1: yeah, it's fun talking about that stuff a little bit. But it's just, it it does feel there's an energy when there's an energy of like, oh, everybody feels this pressure to say the thing they're working on, so you're allowed to hang at the table. Like that's that's well, you know what's
0: crazy is that people people won't let you not talk about it either because like you know, right now I'm kind of in a this month it's like a lull for me. I'm taking a break and Mm. I've been doing theater for a year and a half consistently. I haven't taken a break at all, and I'm getting ready to start some work in the summer and so I'm like people are like what are you working on now and I'm like I'm actually kind of taking a break Mm -hmm. and people are kind of looking at you like "Uh, I'm sorry it'll get better something (laughs) will come along I've had people say to me oh my god the next thing will come along I go no I know my agency
1: says it's slow too I know and I'm like no
0: what I just said is I'm taking a break I'm I'm trying to enjoy my life
1: I've been trying to say instead of uh, instead of I'm really busy or I'm not busy because everybody's busy or not busy, or even if like you're busy taking a break there, you know, just saying, um, my life is very full. I'm oh, that's good. I like that.
0: My <laughs> life is very full. That's really good. Yeah. It's a thing. I mean, I'm just like, now's the time that I'm like, I'm really enjoying hanging out. I'm going to dinner with, with people. I can you know, maybe go on a couple mm. dates. God forbid. Yeah, I can be a human being and I'm not doing a show every weekend. I mean, this is the first time that, in a year and a half that I haven't had a show you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. You know it's like Oy. you You know when you you get to where you are like okay that's a lot of fun, mm. but I need a break. And it's not moving on to the next project always. Sometimes right. it's like take yeah. care of you. But yeah, it, and you need to
1: live a little for your live. creative brain. Yeah, exactly.
0: And yeah. so I'm very excited. I mean, I I'm gonna go to New York and just watch a bunch of plays. And, that's so great. And yeah, do a little bit of work when I'm there, of course. But I'm also just like I want to just get rejuvenated and mm-hmm. and and. We all need to be okay with that one in each other. It's like, it's so crazy. Like, no one wins. Who's the busiest? You know, because there are times that yeah. I'm like, I it's truly. Just people
1: th- projecting their own. You yeah. see people uh, not as they are, but as you are. Uh-huh. Is a quote from, oh, print, yeah. or, uh, what is it? Uh, the Nicole Kidman HBO show. Oh, Big Little Lies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just want to call out that as a quote from that show. Yeah, I, I did not
0: write that. But it's true. It's it's really true. I just I sometimes I just don't want to leave the house though because when I go out I'm like everyone just seems so thirsty. Just mm. everyone relax. Yeah. There's plenty of water. Just relax. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not a psychic. Mm. <laughs> and you certainly don't need a relationship. But while we were having this conversation, I imagined you some sort of like. Famous Italian chef or director? Oh, I'm just gonna say that. Oh, so if I you like get that. in a relationship with a famous chef or director, chef or it's director. On
0: tape. I would love that. I, it's so funny that you said Italian because, like, I've had this this weird thing with not just Ita- not Italians but just Europeans mm. in general lately. I've just been sort of like, oh, I'm gonna sort of. Yeah, or just like, you know, it's like I've, I've, uh, just I'm, I'm going to Berlin in, uh, oh, in June. So there's which is supposed to there's, be the best
1: city, which ever. I'm very
0: excited about. And I just, and I've had like recently a lot of like Scottish and English, and you know, um, I, I don't know of any Irish other, th- other than you by, you know, you Irish <laughs> adjacent, but I mean, like a lot, just just people from around the, the world, of some mm-hmm. French people, and I've been like, oh, yeah. I kind of like. The vibe there, I kind of yeah. really like that sort of.
1: You should swing by energy. Ireland.
0: I should it's swing first by. first country to ever
1: vote uh, gay marriage and by popular That's vote. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: Say hi to Panty Bliss.
1: Have you met Panty Bliss? I've never
0: met Panty Bliss, but I've I've talked to her on Twitter a bunch of times because oh I just I love Amazing. her. Oh my god! Amazing!
1: Unreal. Have you met her? Uh, no, but I've I've seen her shows and uh-huh. gone to her bar and yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is great. Yeah. Um yeah, I would I would love to. No, but I think there's something there that I'm like maybe it's just like the American thing that I'm you know that I'm not There is like in a
1: when you I mean, obviously this is just my experience and I've only lived in Europe for a year, but there is just like a, a, like a really relaxed energy around relationships that you don't feel here. Like it is, it is like kind of stereotypical, stereotypically European, even in Ireland, which is like a, you know, a Catholic country, there's still like a way more relaxed attitude around sex and just like you know just everybody living their lives and not being so Well in their it doesn't own heads. feel
0: competitive either and it's mm-hmm. like I also feel like that that Europe sort of like in terms of like what we do they have a much healthier relationship with that they treat mm-hmm. Artists with a lot of respect there, but they don't put them on these crazy pedestals like
1: Yeah. It's like well, it's here... arts, arts are more subsidized by the government too. And right. I think it just like creates a different attitude where it's well, like and... this is something that our country needs anyway. Yes. So
0: yeah. But also in Europe, they don't believe you that you're Brad Pitt or you're nothing. You know? Right. They, yeah, they 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 yeah, don't believe yeah. in either they don't believe in either of those realities. You know? They don't yeah. they don't lionize their huge stars. Like, There's and, not VIP is not really a and, thing in Ireland. Yeah. 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 And I, I think but I look at English actors like Anthony Hopkins and Helen Mirren, and like mm. these are greats, our living greatest, who have Oscars and who are like we consider to be the best. They do every job that comes in front of them because they're working actors. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They are like they're like their journeyman actors. You know, <laughs> they're they're not about like I'm too big of a star to do that. They they right, don't yeah. think that way. Yeah, yeah. And I think the culture lifts them up and they night them and they say, We respect these people. But in our culture it's like you're either a huge star that we're gonna go crazy over or we're not gonna respect you at all. Mm. And when you're in the middle of that, you 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 ride this weird wave of like and, and it does bleed over into dating because like when you're trying to have a, a life like that and you, you, you don't want to be with somebody who's going chin up, you'll be, you'll make it one day. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you know, go fuck yourself. That's not a way I want, but you also don't want to be with somebody who's going, oh my God, you're the most amazing thing ever. And I want to live in your shadow and I right. want to worship you. Yeah. You want something that's gonna be casually not in the either of those spaces, you know, that's gonna be right. somebody that respects and, and appreciates what you do and honors it. And, if
1: you had to choose, would you choose to be with somebody who is more or less successful than you?
0: That's a great today. question. I would actually choose more. Mm. Someone who's more successful than me. Why? Um because I I uh I, and I'm just stabbing at this. I don't know if I'm right about this in myself, but I do think that I'm friends with a lot of people who are more successful than me, and I'm very proud of. Uh, you know, I don't feel a rub. I don't feel I'm jealous of them. I'm yeah. not consciously. But you jealous do feel like
1: them. a pull towards up, as opposed to like. Yes, yeah. and
0: and and when I'm around a lot of those people, they don't feel competitive. They mm-hmm. feel very. There's a lovely. Desire for like a human connection there. For the most part, I mean, my, I I mean, I, I'm, but I just, I, they have all that that they want. They're not, Mm. they're not thirsty for that. Mm. So I feel like if I was with somebody that was more successful than me, I I don't see it in myself to be jealous of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it may be hard if it was like someone who was doing the exact same thing I was doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be
0: difficult if it was like, you know, and. But I don't know. I mean, I have friends that are in those kind of relationships that are that are both actors and it ebbs and flows. You know, you go through times that you go and this and that. And, you know, um, and hey, man, love is love. So like if they really (laughs) love the person, you know, then you're like you're into it. But.
1: Especially because because your future husband's going to be this you know famous chef. That's a totally different field.
0: In that aspect, I want the most successful famous chef to so just cook for me and make love to me all day. I would just want nothing more than like spices and wines and oh yes,
1: a canopy. Of... Oh yeah, <laughs> phyllo bread.
0: Oh yes, put it all in a wrapped warm bread. But I do love food insanely and I love Mm -hmm. weird food and all my I mean I laugh because I after I finish the groundlings you know after every main show you get like a you get like a um Every like Sunday review, you get like these pictures of like sketches you did, and every sketch I wrote had food in it because I was like <laughs> everything I write about is involving food. All my videos, just wait for me to talk about food. But then <laughs> not, I did an improv show, and somebody that gave me the suggestion that I was obsessed with pineapple salsa. Oh my and it god! It was my that favorite. Is the funniest thing. It to be obsessed was. With. <laughs> it was my favorite suggestion. I was like. The person who gave me that knows me on some deep level because I'm like, I don't want anything else, but I want to play yes. somebody that loves pineapple salsa. So, yeah, it <laughs> makes so sense perfect. that I'm with a, with a chef.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think everyone has had a week of being obsessed with pineapple salsa as well. <laughs> like, yeah, extra. It's super
0: funny. Mom.
1: Oh, I have. so good. We should just start
0: recording. Oh, I guess we are. Oh, oh. oh my God. I oh my god Matt bring it back <laughs> start over we're gonna do a whole what if we wrap the whole episode uh, the two we, of us we,
1: well I think that'd be fun
0: I think me, that would... me, 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 me too <laughs> done
1: did you ever do that too? would be fun
0: for us and then like nobody else the people listening would be like horrified
1: <laughs> Or we find out we're amazing and it's
0: just this viral sensation. In like in like twenty years, like high school kids are like, We found the weirdest thing.
1: <laughs> oh, we're like These um,
0: dinosaur people were making <laughs> a rap. Do you know who Moondoggy or oh, it's not
1: Moondoggy. Oh God, what's his name? He used to stand, he was blind and he stood on a quarter in New York City in the sixties and he Wait, made he his He own- stood on
0: a quarter. A on a quarter? corner. Oh, on a corner. He probably
1: did stand on corners. I'm from sure time he did if he was
0: in New York City. There's <laughs> money everywhere there, money in those streets. What was
1: his name? What did he do? He was blind. Uh, he was blind, and his name was. It wasn't Moondoggy, because that's Gidget. Oh, that's Gidget, yeah, yeah, which I'm obsessed with.
0: I uh, love that you're obsessed with Gidget, and I haven't thought of Moondoggy in forever. That's yeah. like something my oh, mom what a would
1: creepy remember. relationship that was. He was like a lot older, right? He was a lot older, and he had like he really was, like, big hair up and, and had, like jaded. And jaded. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he was like, "I'll take care of you, little surfer girl." Ew.
0: <laughs> and she,
1: and he was also like, "Get out of here! Get out of here!" I like I, I I know I modeled that crush afterwards I like with my English teacher I was like he'll be my moon doggy oh <laughs> yeah oh, we
0: all wanted a moon doggy yeah. it also makes me think of Charles Bush whose play I just did um, mm. he's a playwright and he did a play called Psycho Beach Party yes it's a parody of all those I, things yes. and so instead of familiar. Gidget it was Chicklet yes, yes. and yes. instead of uh, Moondog it was Star Cat was the character
1: <laughs> I remember reading Psycho Beach Party in uh, college uh-huh. I think it was in a in a book of like or some collection of irreverent plays along with like Christopher Durang
0: oh yeah all my favorites
1: yeah and I I'd love
0: a, just a book of irreverent <laughs> And it's such like a college thing. Irreverent plays. A book of irreverent <laughs> plays. Like Maybe. everything Drew Druggie wants to do in school. <laughs> I read it in high school, too, and I wanted my high school to do it. And they yeah. were, f- I mean, small town North Carolina in the 90s. They're like, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, of course. But I
0: love it. Of I mean, course. it's so But I'm crazy. sure you were
1: indignant and you're like, why oh. not?
0: Let's do this. Oh, it was like, because when I discovered that, it was like discovering John Waters or things. And we were just like, there's somebody yeah, else be- out there. That like has this brand of just like yeah fury that that I love that I've always wanted to tap uh, into.
1: I really wanted my school to do Christopher Durang's. It's Christopher, or is it Charles? Christopher Durang. Christopher. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always wanted my school to do Titanic.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. No, I've never see, I've read that one. I know Sigourney Weaver was in that originally, yeah. and she yeah, was the yeah. crazy, the crazy sister yes but oh my god yeah there's I, a
1: part in it where the like the funniest I think we were the funniest things ever to me still is that there's a mom who fakes a birth and they're like how did you fake a birth and she's like, she says with with white
0: bread and mirrors
1: Oh, <laughs> always makes me laugh so hard I think that's so simple and M- cheesy. Well, it's so
0: insane <laughs> well because there's also Did Any Crisis which is another one of his plays mm-hmm. that I was mm-hmm. in in college and there's a a character who it's so crazy because it's like it's, a, it's like a Silly, quick one act, but also it's a, a, an incredibly disturbing play about this. It, like, you'd never know if the daughter is really crazy or if the family's, if the rest of the family's right. crazy That's and they're the making Tennessee her the Tennessee
1: Williams way. parody, right? Or yeah, like, or no, like,
0: that was he, the Tennessee Williams parody was oh, um, for la- whom the Southern Bell Tolls Yes, 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 yes. But yes. this one is about this girl named Jane and she has multiple personalities and the mm. everyone's telling her she's crazy but she's the only normal one and it's like the Munsters right, where she's the yes. only normal one. So she's in the room and then it's like the mom keeps having, and there's a dad who there's one actor who plays the dad, the grandfather, the brother, yeah, and like an and, and a French count or something, and so <laughs> he keeps changing characters the whole time, and they're playing it like it's different people coming in and out, right, right, and so you're watching the play as Jane, and you're kind of going, wait, I'm watching these crazy people, but the mom in that. Claims to have invented banana bread. Oh yes. And yes. she just takes a banana and stuffs it into a loaf of bread and she goes, There, I invented banana bread. I call it banana bread Jane. And it's like so weird. And it's just like, yeah, it was it's crazy. And then the therapist, she has a therapist who keeps changing his sex and he has a wife and she's changing her sex, so they keep changing gender. Yeah. The whole time. And oh, it's oh, yes. just a real treat. I love I love Durang.
1: Me too. I yeah, I, I used to read his plays like aloud to myself. In uh-huh. my room, yes. I did speech and debate in high school, and I was always looking for like
0: I know plays
1: I could do on my own. Did uh-huh. you do speech and debate? Did I never did it?
0: it. I never we never had it at my school, but I it was one of those like luxuries I dreamed of. I was like, oh, <laughs> one of these days. Have you ever seen Michael Yuri's documentary about speech and debate called Thank You for Judging? No, it is incredible. I Wonder if that
1: would be really difficult to watch. Um, or, or it kind of
0: is, but it's also really. It, it's like that spelling bee documentary where. It you just yeah, you get yeah. really wrapped up in the lives of the kids that are involved in it yeah so Michael was involved in speech and debate in, in school and he was like um, great at it the documentary mm-hmm. opens and it's he won the nationals and it's and you're seeing like <laughs> adorable brilliant Michael Yuri when he's yeah. like 16 or something do you know what year I don't know what year okay. that, that would have been. But I went to um,
1: nationals, and I swear to God, if it was the year that I that got eliminated the in the semifinal, oh my God. if it was the year that the guy wrote the, the play about called Star-Crossed Holocaust.
0: <gasps> oh, where, my <laughs> God. What What is that? Is that like Romeo and Juliet set in concentration camps?
1: Yes, you Wow, it. how did I know that?
0: <laughs> God, I'm a genius. Wow, that uh, sounds really unnecessary. Uh, you know, and that play sounds... Uh, talk about... Talk, I, what I what I accidentally said early like uh, irrelevant plays that sounds like a, a book of irrelevant <laughs> plays as opposed to right. irreverent plays. Yeah. Um, no, he but did anyway, yeah, he some comedy national. and won, and, and so he made a documentary like like a couple years later mm. about what it was like to go through the whole process oh, and how like it, yeah. how they had to stand, they couldn't make eye contact with each other. Yeah, and like yeah. they did oh yeah, his was actually forensics. Is that a different thing than speech? Yeah, no, it's
1: the same thing. Yeah. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah. So yeah, so you, you couldn't if you did scenes together, you couldn't really make eye contact. You couldn't yeah. really touch each other.
1: No, you're not like yeah.
0: So it was this very strange <laughs> thing. And I didn't know anything about it, but I learned so much and you know, and it's just I mean, you just go with these kids and these different schools in Texas is what it follows and these oh, kids okay, and like yeah. one day it snows and and, like their thing is snowed out and it's like so dramatic because they're just like <laughs> you know you get really involved in it and it's really good it's called thank you for judging I think it's on Netflix or iTunes or one of those
1: that's a great title because they're all every heat is judged just by parents and like oh. teachers like it's no one and
0: don't they finish it by saying thank you for judging
1: yeah like yeah. that's
0: what the that's what the the um, students say at the end yeah, of their thing yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. That's thank, you our thank, thank you for you. judging
1: yeah yeah oh. <laughs> Well, and with the, I'm now remembering, uh, I, like the Starcross Holocaust thing was actually like someone else who was on my same team and he was being uh, kind of, uh deviance the wrong but he was being strategic. He was like, I know.
0: Oh, oh, I, the, uh, oh, good for him. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know if exactly. If I talk
1: about the Holocaust, he also, it was a poem. Oh, and put it with Shakespeare. Oh my God. Yeah. Forget about and it. And then the judges are like, well, I, I can't put anything above the, uh, the holocaust oh. <laughs> but i was like this is so dirty what oh, you're doing oh
0: i know but i love knew. it he, he knew. knew he knew how to play that system
1: yeah i think he's a dj now
0: oh wow yeah oh well he's listening <laughs> good for you i mean at least he wasn't earnest i mean i'd rather deal with somebody that's cynical than someone who's like i'm really gonna change the world with because i think yeah 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 i, I think as much as i loved you know Christopher Durang when I was that age there was still this weird part of me that's like wanted to do like really earnest Mm. legit stuff that I think back and I'm like why was I ever because I was always trying to be a serious actor like I was the age I like didn't ever give credit to like it was this weird they were like I had this like two-sided personality that I was like oh I love all this like cynical, brilliant, sharp, smart trash that I'm way into. Yeah. And then the other part of me is like, but I really want to be doing Ibsen, <laughs> or I really would. I mean, I would have probably read Star Crossed Holocaust as a as a kid. I've <laughs> been like, this is important, <laughs> and everyone needs to see it. You know. Oh.
1: Uh, yeah. I I I did. I actually like to. Do you know? Um, I love that we're talking about plays. Do you, do you know uh, House of Blue Leaves by John Oh, Blair? yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I love that play, but, like, I, w- like, once I, w- like, one of the things in speech and debate is, like, there, there are so many different categories. And if you compete in six different categories in one uh, in, in one competition, then you're up for another award that's, like, the highest points okay. from the people who did uh-huh. that, which is, like, a, what is it, the sextathlon or whatever the six oh, is, God. pentathlon. Uh-huh. Know, that's high, but, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I had I like came up short for like a dramatic like dramatic interpretation, and I just did my comedic. I was doing I was doing Bunny from uh from House of Blue Leaves Uh or no, I was doing Bananas from House of Blue Leaves. Okay, and then I instead of just doing it kind of like like silly and all over the place and like fun and funny even though it's a dark play, like it's, uh-huh. a, it's a comedy. Sure. I did it as like, just like I was going slowly insane. Oh, and <laughs> oh my God, I love it. You're yeah. like, oh, I
0: have to just change the vibe of this because it's yeah, drama. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I won it. I won I won. Oh I won. Yeah. But then when they it. were awarding everyone, I was so ashamed. I was like, they're going to say the same, <laughs> like the judges who saw the comedy are going to be like, she just,
0: she just did.
1: Yeah. But I no, got but I'm sure you are great and that. I'm sure
0: they were, you know, and that's one of those things. My brother got into a lot of trouble when he was in an acting class in school. He did the... Phoebe Cates monologue from Gremlins, and <laughs> it, you know that whole thing, and it was just yeah. like, and it did it as a dramatic monologue. Yeah. And the teacher found out what it was because I think they, because I, I think the teacher really liked it. I was like, mm. this is really great. Like, I don't believe in Christmas anymore because my dad climbed up the chimney and yeah, yeah, it's the whole thing about like how it's so mawkish and crazy, and like why Phoebe Cates and Zach Galligan are just walking through the snowfield street, so they're just like they need to fill some time in the middle of it, and she's like this is why I don't believe in Christmas anymore and he did it and the t- and then like the teacher I th- I'm sure thought it was really good in mm. order to feel really duped and then found out like wait that's from Gremlins <laughs> and then it you're like no F minus yeah oh my god Aww. I love it but I also just love that like Especially in a play like House of Believes, like that, there would even be like a category for comedy versus drama because that's what's great when in like yeah great yeah. writing and in all of his plays you're like well where is the line in that and yeah, it's totally. human yeah so it should feel yeah. like it's both and um, yeah yeah but I love his stuff I'm I'm going to New York in a month and I'm hopefully going to check out Six Degrees of Separation because he's doing oh. that on Broadway okay. with Allison Janney right now so
1: oh she's amazing yeah. Uh, I'll be the first to say that Alice and Janie has got some talent.
0: Oh, well, well that's <laughs> an opinion. That's really hanging it out there. All right. Now. Well, says one. you. All right. All right, fine.
1: Do you are you in a position like have you have you auditioned like with with monologues? Do you get
0: to do that? I haven't in so long mm-hmm. and it terrifies me now. I used to. And I used to uh when I first was out here I was like auditioning for theater and stuff and they would want a monologue a contemporary monologue and I could never find one that really fit me really well right and when I started writing a little bit of the groundlings I started improvising monologues and just telling people that they're from made-up plays yeah yeah and they went over so much better I mean like because I was like I could just kind of do what I do and it was like so much easier so I kind of encourage people to like write their own because it's really hard because everyone does Christopher Durang monologues Mm -hmm. you know that it's funny and you know because like it's the only thing that reads funny when you're reading you're going through like books of monologues and you're like everything else just feels so like you know it's hard it's hard to find stuff also like most people don't write interesting plays about people in their 20s.
1: Right. Um, yeah. You know, and
0: I think when yeah. you get past your 20s, you understand why. But it's like when you're in your 20s and you're trying to audition for things and trying to find things like it's one thing if you're going for a conservatory and you can play something older. Mm. But even then, what do you tap into? I mean, when I was in school I and I was doing like I was the like the, the father in Much Ado About Nothing that has to be like sobbing <laughs> that my daughter might have had an affair. Like, what do I right. know about that at, at 40 now? But I was like <laughs> half that age and I was like trying to do...
1: Oh, you're talking to a, a 14-year-old Lady Bracknell from The Importance of yes,
0: <laughs> exactly. And you're like, what do you know at that age? It's really... So it's really hard to find things that are age appropriate that you can tap into emotionally yeah, too. Yeah, because you're just yeah. like, I don't know what is like...
1: I would do monologues from books. Like I did uh-huh. some like portable Dorothy Parker...
0: Oh that's good.
1: Monologues and uh,
0: Yeah that's yes, really good. Some other
1: things. I don't know I miss doing monologues. I miss like the I think like I one thing I don't one thing I wish uh, Hollywood and showbiz had more of was like a talent show aspect (laughs) yes (laughs) like just like a a winning or losing instead of like because I I'm I'm competitive in that way and I'm very much like oh I want to have like this complete package
0: would you like to see a show like The Voice but it's about monologues like monologues wouldn't that be amazing yes yes (laughs) that would be so great like people could walk out the James Joyce no that doesn't work oh but but, (laughs) no but like they could they could like walk out and you know, in a costume and just come out and deliver a monologue and their judges there. Yes.
1: And there's like the same chair and it's like, Oh, what position are they going to put the chair? in? Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, exactly. It. Like, yeah.
0: how are they going to? Yeah. Cause that's a big yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, are they going to do a whole little pre speech? Like, par- like a Parker Posey and winning for Guffman. Oh, like, yeah, okay, yeah. so here's where the bed is and this is where the <laughs> plug is and whatever. <sighs> <laughs> or are they gonna, you know? Oh, with oh gosh, there's so or many. Or just like things. a
1: simple sentence, like she's just found out that she's barren. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, leaves, so many leaves. Falling a tree a had tree. so many leaves, you know.
0: So much, and they, li- don't, you know, they don't
1: know how uh, they produce all so many leaves. leaves,
0: you know. Oh my god, I love that! I'm just like you. I'm a human. I'm, 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 I'm experiencing something, <laughs> something magical, something true, something I'll never have when Jared came back to town. <laughs> Share <laughs> it. Uh, when I
1: when I did when I worked for Comedy Sports LA, I always was pushing a game that I had invented which was something like made up monologues and no the audience didn't like it. Oh
0: no, my I, god. I loved it. I mean I love and we it. all love doing it, but yeah. And that was theater sports. You said
1: uh, comedy, comedy sports. sports. So we did also do theater sports. Now in, in comedy sports
0: is that the thing? I've done that before, and I, <laughs> I, 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 you get in trouble for cussing.
1: Yeah, comedy you, sports is clean.
0: It's very clean, yeah. right? Because yeah. I mean, their posters, it's always like a nun waggling her finger at you, <laughs> like we are comedy for everyone.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to sign off on the aesthetic of. Comedy
0: I sports. I know I did it like a while ago, and I was so I was in the worst mood about it because I got like a bucket put on my head. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cuz I was like I said something that was really blue. Yeah. And I don't even remember what I said or what I did and I was like I'm not trying to be body yeah. but like it was just I felt so Bunker, like just like,
1: <laughs> did you not know that that was part? Because they, they, they kind of the, want that to happen a bit because the audience is like, ha, 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 ha. right, it's right. Like, it's the it's the like universal Disney show version of improv. Ugh, so it's it, like presented for just general audience, right, right. Which to watch and to perform now because you've done improv for a million years. You can't
0: do it like after you've done improv for a long time. I mean, yeah. I think it's great. I'm sure as a kid I would have loved it and I'm sure like my grandparents would love it and they'd be like and my you know people would be like watching and go, "Oh, this is so fun and so great." And Yeah. But it sort of ruins you you're ruined <laughs> once you're like an actual improviser and you're free and you're not I mean, I don't ever try to go for like you know craziness but again like I love Christopher Durang and Charles Bush and John Waters so
1: yeah, sorry
0: everybody well it is
1: I I will say like it was it was definitely a great way to start an improv because I had to be clean which made me a much much better improviser than like you know years later I'm teaching improv and I'm like you can't just
0: Right. Oh, <laughs> oh, and it's it's a it is a great skill because it's like we're really strict about that at the Groundlings and a, you know and right. just about, oh, about don't being go lean for or just at going the beginning. Blue. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. I mean, we, we we say we don't censor you, but we're like, please don't go for the joke because there's always that yeah. person in a first imp, a first day improv class who's going to be like the raunchy one. Yeah,
1: dance for me, bitch. That yeah, happened exactly. To me in a exactly. <laughs> dance for me, bitch. I was in a class with all male improvisers. No, and it was like level three or something, and I had been working at uh, an improv theater in San Diego for for a while so like I had not to say like I was amazing but I had more uh, stage experience than these guys Uh and it was the first day, and I was like, "Weird, um, male teacher, all male class. I don't care. Fine. I love men. Sure. Men are, men are yeah, great, and right. there aren't a lot of yeah. women that are doing this right now. Fine." And the first scene, like they had, they were like a college improv troupe, and they they initiated a scene almost like they had planned it, where they were just like sat in chairs, and then and I and I came Ugh. out and I like like a waitress, and it, and one of the guys just gestured to his crotch and was like, "Dance for me, bitch," and I was like, "Nope," and just like, mm-hmm. walked up. Did you walked out of the Class? I didn't walk out of the class. I yeah. walked off the stage. Yeah, good. <laughs> Just, do you know Mike Petrondo? No. Oh, okay. He he was he, he's very funny. He was the teacher, and he like I knew that he would be like
0: this is not, this is not okay. And <laughs> don't like, put someone in this position. It's kind of insane. <laughs> that's really crazy that that's where you would go. Like it's yeah, like, maybe as, if we've uh, been you know,
1: improvising with each other for a
0: maybe bit. if you're but like a human just... being with a soul, that's not a fucking gross, you know, frustrated pig. You're not going to be like dance yeah. for me, bitch. Yeah. I have a big thing about the word bitch on stage. It's like, it can mm-hmm. be really violent and, and, mm-hmm. Controlling. I mean, it's like, you know, it's so interesting what works with some people and what other people can come up. Like, I mean, I even even people that mean well, you know, I mean, yeah. I have I've had students I've seen people that like if they if they have an energy that's too what, alpha male. And they can say bitch on stage. I'm like, it's scary. It's, yeah. it's upsetting. Oh, yeah, it it yeah. feels very... It feels violent. And it's yeah. not... Yeah. You know, and then other people can say bitch and it's like, great, or whatever. And yeah. it's just like, I'm, I'm like, there's no word that it's off limits. But when you... Put someone in that position, you mm-hmm. know, and it's so hard as a teacher because you're like, I think when you first start teaching, you're like, I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and call them I out don't for you that. to be no. in your
1: head, but, but it's also like,
0: like, but wait a minute, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's they
0: just made really you, Aaron, okay. uncomfortable by saying "dance for me, bitch." So it's like, so I need to call this out and make this known that it's not okay, and I, I'm going to risk embarrassing this guy. God yeah, help this, yeah, this poor straight white guy is going to have to get embarrassed for a second, you know, so that yeah, we, you know, yeah, because yeah. you need. To be shamed at that, and then and a lot of people, most people mean well and they don't know what they're saying when they're doing it. And you have, but you have to go, not okay,
1: yeah, not all right. Oh, it is fascinating. You know? like, uh, a few years ago, I because I, I used to do a lot, of, it used to be it was like on a team and stuff, and then I kind of st- started doing other things and and like stopped performing, stopped doing improv there as uh-huh. much. Um, as, as much as I love it just my team was disbanded and I just like didn't keep on you know and I went and I did I was like you know what I, I'm going to take like a level to Improv class just for fun just uh-huh. to like get sure. myself back in yeah. the zone or whatever and it's so interesting like when you just see when, when it's revealed like how because those beginning classes especially like are all different kinds of people yep. all different ages all different experiences and just when you see like oh boy like that person is super sexist and so they're gonna have to fight against something that's inside them yeah it's, like,
0: it's crazy because pe- you're naked when you're improvising and that's why I think people take yeah. notes so personally and they get so offended and hurt I mean they mm. because it's it's you're basically your you instincts know, you're critiquing their soul it's not just <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah. we're in a bad scene that someone else wrote years ago and you have yeah. to perform it. No, you you just wrote that scene. yeah, And that just came out of yeah, your head and your heart and your skin. Yeah. And you just said something really creepy and and, and uncomfortable. Ugh. And yeah, there there's so many people that you know, have a lot of shit to work out, and it's a lot of people that are like, the world's called me a freak, and I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna go here and be a superhero, you know. And it's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. get figured out here, and it's like, yeah, maybe, but there are also there are people that are like, you need to figure out your stuff, and mm. and maybe mm. not make people feel, yeah. you know,
1: don't touch, threatened. Yeah, right don't away. touch. This
0: isn't your opportunity to, yeah, do a love scene.
1: Oh, when I was 18 and I was working at theater sports, there was a, there was a guy who had just joined who's, who's this super nice guy and I, like I, I mean, I was eight, I was eighteen and I wasn't really thinking we were doing a scene, and it was like his first scene where like he had just been cast in the company, so uh-huh. he's nervous, and he's like a like a experienced improviser, right. and we were doing a scene, and it was going so poorly that I mimed taking out a gun <laughs> and shooting him in the head.
0: Oh my god! And
1: he was just like, okay, like, <laughs> and then went to the floor, and then. Uh, we all sat down and there was like a, an energy that everyone was feeling. And I was like, I thought that went <laughs> Like, I thought it was totally yeah. okay. <laughs> and then our director was like, how is everyone feeling? And then this guy was like, I am very uncomfortable. I don't want to <gasps> be in this company if people are going to be miming shooting me. <laughs>
0: and
1: oh I was, my God. And I, and I was just like, that is, that is fair. That yep. is fair.
0: Yeah. I am so sorry. I mean, I just think you have to be, I mean, come on. Like, I, I can't imagine... Somebody pulling out a, uh, Steak gun, a space work gun, and right. shooting people—that's that's hardly anything from to make. If you're he, uncomfortable in that environment,
1: yeah, yeah. relax. It was—he was, he was like, being a little sensitive about it, but still, like I under—and I, I think he maybe he had he had some sort of trauma or something. Like it was that yeah. that energy. Around well, and it's it. like
0: if you're doing it every time, if you're doing like yeah. you know Steve Carell in the Office in his improv class, when you're just always <laughs> killing people, and it's like don't do that because it's like a surefire way not to do that. I mean, I had right. to learn one time I was on stage with. With someone and, and and I just remember she was talking a lot and she wouldn't stop talking and I got mm-hmm. more and more frustrated and I just didn't want to improvise with her and didn't yeah. want to yes and it didn't want to play along and so I was an asshole and I mimed uh, putting a muzzle on her <laughs> oh, and geez. like that had like a, that had a lock and key where her mouth was <laughs> and I and I did that thinking it was so fun and my teacher was like you're not allowed to put muzzles. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess I get that. I get why that was probably not good of me to do that, you know." Aww. And I, I mean, I. It's funny when you get on stage and you're just like, and you just. I I was teaching years ago, and uh, this is someone who's now a friend of mine, and, uh, I'm, uh, who, just was so funny to me. I think he doesn't care if I say it. It's a I friend Brian Jordan Alvarez. I was teaching a class, and he was in it. And he did one of the funniest things, but I had to call him on it and be like, "You can't do that in a scene." But yeah. it made me laugh so hard. He was in a scene with two people, and they were both everyone just screaming at each other. And he built on st- with just with with space work, mime, total you know theater nerd things that we do. Mm. He built a casket and buried himself alive during the scene. Like he just didn't <laughs> want to be in it, so he buried himself during the scene and it made me laugh so hard because I was like he just stopped participating in what they I were screaming at each been, other about yeah. and was like I'm just gonna I'd rather just be buried alive but of course I had to tell him like you have to play along you have to be a yeah. team player you can't just do that however what a genius thing to do Oh. but I know it's hard and it's like you're learning to play together and learning to and, and then you add like we're all like nerds and you know and we're all the ones that are like the class clowns and we all want to be the funniest one, and we all have to work together as a team, and it's it's hard. It's a hard thing to learn how to work together with a group of, yeah, you know, misfits yeah. that you've yeah. always been told like you don't fit in, and now you're like a group of people that don't fit in, and they have to all fit in together. Yeah,
1: yeah, and everyone everyone has their own brand of what they think the audience wants, and yes. everyone's like, I've got to protect the audience from this bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and the audience really just wants to have a good time and enjoy. Yeah, the and audience certainly do- <laughs> doesn't want to watch you guys fight with each other up there. No,
1: the no. last thing they
0: wanted to see you go. Sorry, guys, this is barf. (laughs) I'm over here making a pizza. Like no, they don't want that. They don't care.
1: Oh, I want to say one last thing about improv. That we'll talk about dating, but uh, I just like what I when I was in in theater sports in San Diego in that company with Amanda Sico, I I invented a game called Lounge Singer, uh huh, <laughs> which is a very self serving game. The
0: games you are inventing, like good for that's oh, oh yeah, that's so great. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> But uh, in Lounge Singer, like uh, the the game was that someone was the the Lounge Singer, and they were in a scenario like a gym or something, and they would. Would be singing about what was happening in the scene. And it was supposed to be a give and take oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. Like uh-huh. the scene. And there are like kind of other versions of it. Like I didn't invent this concept full stop. But anyway, I... We, the premiere night that we did it it was me and Trenton Shine who was like the head of the theater and like very intimidating and super funny and I just worshipped him and I think it was actually set in a gym and I was like singing and I remember just like feeling myself and feeling my voice just like oh, oh. god like oh tonight I am having a good voice yeah. night I used to do a lot yeah. of musical improv I used to love that and uh, and I was singing and and Trenton was trying to do his lines and I just kept on yeah. I was <laughs> like, I know better like like oh, that woman god. Like, with the Steam muscle yep, and yep. Uh, he just looked back at me at this packed house, looked back and I was like, yeah, uh, seems like you got this and just walked <gasps> out and he and the lighting guy was about to turn off the lights and he was like, no, let her
0: <laughs> Oh my god and like,
1: like a dad making his kid smoke an yeah. entire carton yep. of cigarettes
0: exactly. Exactly. made me just
1: die out there and the audience was just like, why is this still happening and then I had to do this and it, it was such a a great lesson, at right? The, at, at the um, at the uh, detriment to the
0: audience's enjoyment. Sure, but, sure, sure, sure. Still, well, that's the thing. Sometimes in, in in class, people will try to end their own scenes. They'll kind of go, "One, well, right. that's the way that happened." And they kind of <laughs> stop and they wait for me yeah. to end it. And I'm like, no, "No, no, 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 You have to keep going. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'll tell you when it's over." Yeah. it's like, oh, but it's so hard to <laughs> have to learn that in front of it. Oh, you'll never forget that. Yeah, will never oh, forget never. that moment. And it's never. like, ugh. Well, Well, thank you so much
1: for being on the podcast. Erin, thank
0: you for having me on the podcast. This has been a delightful uh, conversation.
1: (laughs) I'm going to go read some plays now. Oh! Okay, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Drew Drogi. If you liked this conversation, you can listen to Drew and I talk more on his podcast, Minor Revelations. I'm on episode number four, and we talk about being magical children along with Peter, Pete Zias, and it's 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 very fun. And you can find Drew Drogi in every every wonderful show, and just just look him up and follow him everywhere because he's he's so lovely. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to the Patreon if that tickles your fancy and you would like an extra episode every week. I will be posting pictures related to this particular episode on the This Feels Terrible Instagram. You can email me at thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com I'm going to be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year. You can buy tickets via the link on my Twitter. Uh, This Feels Terrible Live is happening on July 17th in Dublin. You can get free virtual tickets to that if you subscribe to the patreon okay that's it for now thank you for enduring all of the announcements and admin be brave be kind the attack
0: Geico has the insurance industry-leading app that lets you manage your policy anytime, anywhere, which means that Geico is always there for you, if only everyone was always there for you. Like Animal Control, when you're cornered in your garage by an angry possum.
1: Hi, me again. Uh, You guys said you would be here about an hour
0: ago, and um, I think the possum is starting to get angry.
1: uh, Listen, I thought if I fed
0: it, it would go away, but now it is ripping holes in the drywall and making some
1: sort of nest. Just call me back.
0: (laughs) Geico, always there for you with savings and the
1: industry-leading mobile app.